the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. Welcome to XR Star, your monthly podcast where we talk all things extended reality and the metaverse. I'm your host, futurist Amelia Coleman. Today, I'm thrilled to be recording live from ISE 2023. Integrated Systems Europe is the world's leading AV and systems exhibition. Yesterday, I had the honor of hosting the Content Production and Distribution Summit, and this year, the biggest buzz was around virtual production. Virtual production is a way of making film and television that harnesses computer-generated digital content displayed on LED walls. This allows for real-time visualization and control of the environments and special effects, so they are captured in camera during filming, taking the bulk of the work that traditionally happens in post-production and putting it in pre-production. This method has been proven to reduce cost, time, as well as environmental footprint. And while it might not take over traditional production in the next 12 months, it's predicted to become the dominant method of filmmaking in the next five to 10 years. In yesterday's ISE headline keynote, Epic Games Business Director for Broadcast and Live Events, BK Johansson, shared that their 3D gaming software has been used in over 300 films since 2016. In 2021, the virtual production market was already valued at 1.6 billion, and today it's predicted that the industry will grow at a rate of 17.8% annually through 2030. The Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian, was shot entirely using virtual production. Amazon has recently moved into this space, and just last week, my six-year-old niece introduced me to the Netflix motion capture dance competition, Dance Monsters, where people compete as avatars against each other in front of a live audience, allowing dancers to be judged purely on their talent, eliminating any potential viewer bias or discrimination. Just this month, Sony, along with the company Virtual Production, as well as the company Studios Difference, have joined forces to create the first virtual production studio in Europe, equipped with Sony Crystal LED technology. To speak with us further about this project, as well as the other innovations Sony is debuting here at ISE 2023, I am thrilled to welcome European Product Manager of Broadcast and Cinematography, Sebastian Lesky. Welcome, Seb. Thank you, and thanks for inviting us, especially me. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure. We're here today at the Influencers Lounge at ISE 2023. Yes. It's very cool. It's nice to have um, film this year, too, which is great. So to begin, could you share a bit about your background, and how you got into this industry and what you do today. Sure. Um, so I, I joined, I'm an engineer, so I'm a technology engineer and I joined Sony as a product manager 
more than 10 years ago and have been responsibility for, for displays and professional monitors. So during that time, I introduced our monitors, also new technologies for the broadcast industry. And then I moved more into the cameras. So firsthand, more the broadcast cameras, so the, which will be used for news. Um, and then more and more into the cinema domain. So, and here especially, I also worked in Japan with the team creating this and planning these uh, cameras. And then, yeah, with the introduction of the Venice, the Venice 2, and now with the virtual production, I'm yeah, heading the product management for the high-end cinema but also for the virtual production, because virtual production is not only a camera, it's not only an LED screen, it's it's a solution. And uh, at Sony, because we are, are producing several items of, for this solution, we said, okay, let's form a team to bring this solution to our customers. So, and here we are. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. I explained a little bit in the beginning about what virtual production mm -hmm. is, how I would explain it, but wondering how you would explain it to somebody who's never heard of it before. The question, the question is because virtual production these days, um, we, we are talking a lot about in-camera VFX, we are talking about XR stages, um, virtual production, and sometimes it's a, it's a mix-up. So because virtual production is, is combining everything, so we have um, camera, uh, in camera VFX, but we have also the extended realities, um, which are under the umbrella of virtual production, as I said. But if I need to explain to someone who has not such a background or set of virtual production, what is this, then first of all, the easiest thing is seeing is believing. So he needs to see it. Um, but virtual production is also not something which is just established with the Mandalorian, let's say, where we are using LED screens, because virtual production was used since a long time, because also, when we talking about producing a movie and using a projector in order to project something on a screen, and then an actor is acting in front of this, this is already virtual production or the famous green screen, which still be used or blue screen in the past or also still today. This is also virtual production because we are not on location on a real set. We are mixing a set in front of a virtual world afterwards. But nowadays, with the um, with the LEDs, of course, it's the next chapter, and so. When I would describe this to one of my family members who are not in this business, I would say, okay, this means that I'm able to show or fake, let's say, I'm at a certain place, I'm not able to be. So, or if I take movies where I'm on a, on a planet, for sure, I will not go outside in the space. And then I can say, okay, virtual production brings your storytelling into the studio. And when you watch the final movie, you have what you want to achieve. So it's really about um, not only going on location, but really bringing your visual experience or the visual you want to achieve into, into, into your creative mind at the end. Mm. And you mentioned XR there too. Yeah. Do you differentiate between XR studios and virtual production studios? Are they the same thing? Are they different? Is it just a language thing? No, it's, it's as I said, it's not, so they are, they are not the same thing because when taking the umbrella of virtual production, XR stage are part of this. So an XR stage means that we can have a, a studio where we have a small LED volume in, and then with tools we can use to extend this stage. So that means that my feeling is, oh, they are, they are in a massive studio, but in reality, if I would turn off all the software, I can see, well, this screen they are using is just couple of meters wide and also XR means that perhaps I can bring into into the scenery 
on, in the virtual world some items which are not there. So we on the Sony booth we are um, we are showcasing a video uh, where we are, we are showcasing XR. So that means we are produced a video in Japan where a Japanese lady is driving a bicycle, and then in the final video there are also coming balls from a stair from the from the sky, but these balls are not there. So these are virtual, and this is this extended reality. So it's part of virtual production. Um, same as in camera VFX. Well, so it's um, your virtual production is an umbrella, and then you have different scenarios underneath. Gotcha. Yeah, I had a really cool experience just recently. I did an interview on, I guess, an XR stage, mm -hmm. and in the post production, when I finally saw the video, it was really cool because they overlaid 3D objects in front of me that looks like I was interacting with them, yes. but I I wasn't. So that right. was really cool. Yes. Um, so we have some big news that you guys have created the first virtual production studio in France and wondering if you can tell us a bit about that and then also what what's Sony's goals for this space so so correct so this studio was opened officially um, a couple of two or three weeks ago so it's really brand new and um, the customer he had already a virtual production studio in the studio and then uh, we had uh, shooting in his studio and we, he knew about our crystal LED and he said, okay, I want to improve my quality. I want to go the next step. So please, can we double check and can we test your, your LED volume? Because uh, we know that you're producing the LED screen. You have the cinema cameras and this is a good combination because it's a color consistency about um, the synchronization of the whole system. So he said, okay, please, can we test your LED wall as well? And at the end, um, he decided, okay, I want to go with the crystal LED. And now we have established a wall which is 80 meter wide and five meter high. So it's really not a small one. Yeah. And um, this will be used here for serious, for commercial shoots. And um, so, yeah, this is open for everyone. And for us, um, it's of course the important thing that now we have a studio in Europe. Everyone can go in, can hire, and can book for his yeah, commercial, for his TV series, um, for his drama shoots, and can benefit from the highest quality you can get in virtual production. Because as I said, we are using the first LED with a small pixel pitch, which is also important for the quality, but also then combined with the Sony cameras in order to have the best color reproduction at the end. Yeah. Well, and I was just thinking about scheduling that space. Mm -hmm. If in traditional filming, you have sets, you have props, you have all this kind of stuff. So it, you wouldn't necessarily be able to book a television commercial in the morning and a film in the afternoon. Whereas if you're shooting in virtual production, you don't have to move any sets or store any sets or that kind of thing. So it must be easier to accelerate how many, how much material you can turn out. Correct. So this is one thing, and this is, I think, quite important when it comes to in-camera VFX, um, that, as we already mentioned, the pre-production is getting really more important because you need to think about, okay, what do I want to do on set? How do I want to shoot? Where to position my set, my props, and even my virtual world? Uh, what camera I want, I want to use? But if you are putting tremendous uh, the, the effort into the pre-production, then you are way quicker on shooting and of course you are yeah, you're way quicker in the post-production but um, this is the one thing where people are still learning and understanding also when it comes to light in order to yeah, be quicker on set in the studio and then 
have a quicker outcome at the end for the production. And one huge example is when it comes to commercials, as you said, that um, I spoke to a DOP who's shooting a lot of commercials also in the virtual production or in camera VFX technology. And he said these days, um, the final product which should go into the commercial is ready quite late. So the, the company is coming and said, okay, here's your headphone, but this, uh, the commercial needs to be ready, let's say tomorrow. The slot in the TV is already booked, so we cannot move this anymore. So that means for him, it's way better because he can put everything into pre-production, can use a prototype to make his setup, to make his lighting. And then when the final product is coming, he just needs to shoot and the post-production has less work. So he can meet the deadlines already booked by the agencies. So this is, this is a huge benefit of virtual production. But of course, you need to make sure that the pre-production is not underestimated. Yes, yes. And I haven't fact-checked this fact, yes, but yesterday when I was hosting the Content Production and Distribution Summit, one of the speakers said that it could result in savings of 70 to 80% when it comes to production. And like I said, I haven't checked that number myself, but that's huge. And I'm wondering if that's something that you, you guys are finding already. And then what are some of the other kind of key benefits that you've identified? So I also saw this number, so I need to double check if it's yeah. really the same, but it's, it's a huge saving for sure. Um, because it's it's not a huge saving only about, okay, in the post-production, because we have it in the pre, but the saving is about, um, as you said, we don't need to travel around the globe anymore. So if I want to be in Barcelona, shooting in the Barcelona, I can do this in France at the, uh, at the uh, Plateau V12, for example, and I don't need to yeah, travel with, uh, with, uh, with the actors. I don't need to travel and ship the gear. So this carbon footprint, which is getting more and more important, is heavily reduced. Um, and as I said, I'm completely independent of the weather and in my scenario. So um, if I want to, I need to shoot noontime all the day, I can do. Yeah. If I, I can do my pre-production also with a, not the final actor because the person, the main actor has cost a lot of money. So I just take a stand in for my pre-production and then the main actor is just coming for a certain time in order to shoot. This is also possible. So all of this combined will result into, into a huge number of savings, not only budget-wise, but also in carbon footprint, which is good for planet Earth. And this is what we also should aim for. So it's, um, it's, it's good, but as I said, you need to be really cautious about the pre-production and not be trapped to say, okay, yep, I just go into in-camera VFX workflow and then at the end you have post-production and to fix things because you haven't thought about it at the beginning. That efficiency of time, I think is really important because you think if you are filming in London and you want Brad Pitt to make a cameo in your yeah. movie, maybe he can't take a week to come over and do it, but he could film in a studio in California Correct. and you could have an actor in London and it could make it look yeah. like they're in the same room, right? Correct. And, and also what's coming when we come, when we talk about props and stand and stages and the build. So I I, I took, had a chat with a, with a DOP and he said, yeah, we well, finished our movie. And then at the end, the director said, oh, this scene, we need to repeat. Unfortunately, all the set was already put into the bin. Right. So they have to recreate it again, huge cost. And this means that for the set, because it's on the LED screen, it's virtual, you just can load it again. Of course, you need the props in front, so in the real world, but a lot of things you don't need to yeah, set up again, which is also reducing the cost. And as you said, Brad Pitt, 
if he would be able to come over to London for a week, but it's easier to keep him in, in Hollywood, this is also possible. So we have done um, one, one test and one um, production, uh, which is called Killian's Game. And you can also see it also the BTS on the web uh, with the Venice and the Chris LED. And this was exactly the same. So they shot parts in Hollywood in LA, and then the rest was in the studio in Japan. So with the background of Hollywood and LA. So and this, these are also the things which can be quite beneficial and reducing a lot, not only carbon, but also the cost overall. Cool. So I asked this question yesterday and I'm curious what, if you have the same answer, mm. which is, there seems like there's so many benefits. Is there anything that we are trading in or giving up for this? Is there any disadvantages that you can see from where this is headed? No, not so not so much so the the, the thing is that the, the 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 virtual production or in-camera vfx of as you also mentioned in the introduction it will not completely take over on location shooting so there will be still the need for going on location um, but it will be a mixture it depends on the production um, right now of course the um, as I said the the um, the preparation this is the thing you need to you need you need to take care of so and this it's not a disadvantage but this is something people need to educate and to learn in order to yeah not being trapped at the end um so but the but the trade-off is of course you need to be again in the post-production you need to be more accurate you need to be more precise and of course you also need to think about lighting, so bringing everything together. Um, because at the beginning, I think everyone was saying, okay, I'm using an LED wall because I saw this at Mandalorian, I want to go the same way. And then they started and then they said, okay, but it does not look like Mandalorian because it's not only an LED wall, it's not only a camera in front, it's not only a tracking system. It's really also about yeah, the lighting in order to make the illusion perfect. And this is also something I can see right now that more and more people looking in because the whole the whole business looking into in-camera VFX and virtual production is really learning a lot. So the learning curve is massive. And um, when you talk to customers and DPs and production companies who have shot for virtual production or in-camera VFX one year ago, and you will ask them, hey, would you shoot this again like you have done one year? They will say, no, because I've learned so much during this year, I can, I will just, use my knowledge race to make it even better or simpler. Mm. And does it impact audio and how audio is recorded? So far, I have not heard about this one. Mm. I was just curious. <laughs> it just seems like something that I hadn't thought about before. No. So I thought I'd ask you. No. Okay. So, so it depends, of course, you, if you if you have a because the LED walls are sometimes curved so it depends on how much they are curved and you need to take care that you don't have reflections on the, on the walls um, but this is again virtual production or in camera vfx you need to think about all the all the different piece, bits and pieces in order to make it proper and audio is one thing but um, so far i've not heard that there was a massive change in audio and how they will work with the audio yeah so they had the same answer yesterday was that it was hard to find downsides to this i think it could be argued that a downside might 
mean that it puts some people out of work. Wondering what your thoughts is on that. I mean, how have people reacted? I mean, you have actors, you have engineers, producers, you know, are they are they enthusiastic about this technology? Resistant? Is Are there jobs at risk here? Um, everyone, you're showing virtual production and the possibilities using um, virtual production or in-camera VFX to be really specific. Um, when they see it the first time, they are enthusiastic. And especially when they have the green screen experience or even with projectors, they said, okay, I got it and I'm in. Um, because it gives you the flexibility of using green items. It, it's, you can use uh, the glass because you can look through. In, in, with green screen, this is all not possible. So everyone is really enthusiastic and then thinking about how they can utilize this. Um, of course, at the moment, a lot of times you're also looking on large, uh, large um, screens and large uh, studios. But this is also the thing where we are showing with our solution here at ISE um, that it does not need to always be a large studio or a huge studio. It can also be mid or even smaller. And you still have, of course, the benefits. And this is um, in terms of the in terms of the jobs. You still need a camera assistant. You still need a DIT on set for for the data. Um, you're looking. You need a data wrangler. Um, you will have you're uh, targeting less time in post-production, but of course, even in post-production, they are then involved in with the pre-production. So that means that there, there might be a, a, a little bit of shift on the job role that you're not only doing post, but you also be more involved into pre-production um, and work with the Unreal artists really close to make this, um, this, um, this content for the LED screen looks perfect and nice. Um, but it's it's, it's a huge chance for the whole industry in order to yeah, move forward and to produce in a better, nicer way. And um, as said also for the, for the, for the backplants we are using on the LED screen, it does not need to be all the time Unreal and 3D content because so far, sometimes when you talk to a customer, he's always thinking, okay, I need to use screen, I need um, Unreal, I need to be an Unreal expert in order to run this. But um, as I said, sometimes it can be a medium or a small screen. And it could also be that it's okay just to run a 2D video on the LED screen. And um, because this is enough for the scene you want to capture. And um, this is also what has done in the past. So it's really coming from green screen. And then the first experience we have been using an LED, using a 2D video, just playing back, and then going into Unreal. So you have the different options. And um, this is where people are so excited about. And so far, um, the resistance was not there, um, which is good because this helps everyone to evolve in this industry. Um, but people are thinking about, okay, which size fits best for their production. Yeah, you just mentioned something really interesting is it seems to me like the cost savings and the accessibility of this is kind of lowering the bar, the barriers to entry and I'm wondering if if that is what kind of like long-term impact that might have does that kind of make everybody a content creator does it empower brands to move into kind of areas of filmmaking that they haven't before um do you think this is ultimately a technology that's kind of going to democratize um across across industries or um it 
for sure, I guess it will open into different applications. Mm -hmm. So that, for example, other companies, um, especially when we talk or look small, smaller stages or medium stages, I said, okay, well, this is now a technology I can use for my clients in order to achieve better content for them. Because at the end, it's, we want to achieve the best quality content we can for our end customers. And um, this could open. However, as I said, um, and this is also one thing where the industry at the moment is lacking off, we need the experts. As I said, everyone is learning and it's not only an LED wall, a camera in front, let's go. Yeah. It's way more because of the tracking, because of, as I said, with the lights and with the Unreal. And um, this is especially a thing or a, um, a field where we are lacking of experts right now. So we need, and this is where we, the new universities are looking into, we need these lectures and we need to educate people in order to work also in this domain and not only from a game engine, game, game programming point of view, but have also the artistic view. Because we have, of course, fantastic game developers using Unreal since years, but of course they might not have the link into the cine domain to talk to a DOP and to achieve his vision while shooting. And this is something, um, yeah, thanks to all the universities in this domain and looking into virtual production, that they are establishing courses in order to yeah, educate more students going in this domain and to, um, to open it to yeah, more people and to make it also easier accessible. Mm. And I wonder too, if one of those keys to accessibility is gonna have an AI component, because we have right now the rise of things like uh, Stability Diffusion and ChatGPT, and I see it very much as a bridge in, you know, from where we are today into Metaverse Web3 because it will simplify things. Do you, what do you see the role of AI playing in this future of content creation when it comes to virtual production? Um, again, in order to differentiate, so for in-camera VFX, so using the camera and capturing um, with an LED screen, at the moment AI is not so visible, so why change, we will see, to make things first even easier and in the, in the pre-visualization, in the pre-production, um, but as I said, virtual production is also the, um, the volumetric capturing these things, which is also falling under virtual production, and there AI is a is in a different scale and we can see that AI is coming in. So, but in terms of in camera VFX, what we are showing here at ISE as well and in, for the sin industry, so far it, it's, it's not there yet, but let's see. Technology is changing quite quickly as we have learned during the last couple of years. It is, it <laughs> is. I actually did a talk this morning and I shared a fun fact, which was um, Netflix, it took three and a half years to get a million users. Mm -hmm. Um, Instagram was two and a half months and ChatGPT was five days. So I think yes. that's a real indication of some of the disruption that yes. is headed our way. Um, you mentioned the Sony stand. Mm -hmm. um, can you share the innovations that you guys are debuting? Yes, of course. Um, so, we, we, so at Sony and ISE this year, so we have introduced a new LED series, so the BH and the CH series, so which is more into retail and corporate um, production. Um, then we have towards AI. So we have introduced two sRG handheld zoom cameras, so 4K. And the new feature is that they are 
able with the AI technology to make auto tracking function. So that means the camera would be over there. We are sitting here or you're moving around, have a lecture and the camera with the AI technology is able to track and to zoom in to have the perfect picture of you um, straight with the AI technology. Then, because we are here at ISE, we are also showcasing our complete Bravia lineup, so professional displays, also here going into retail and education, for example. And one of the key things which is bringing a lot of attention into, into, the, into the booth is the, the camera, in-camera VFX set, so our virtual production set, where we are showing you know, in a really small footprint and 25, 30 square meter max, um, how you can benefit. And the, the interesting thing is about this one, it's eye-catching. So we have two scenes. So you will see me dressing a little beach scene, and then we can switch within a minute into a forest scene in order to say, okay, hey, this product is perfect to be used on the beach or in, at a camping site when you be on holiday. And then we can also show how all, everything is changing with the light and the, the complete look and feel. And um, this is yeah one thing which is also a key highlight of this ISE. Hmm. And are you seeing things like content libraries developing? So if I come to the virtual production studio in, in France, mm. is it in Paris or is Paris, it yes. Paris? Yeah. And I have an idea. Would there potentially be if I wanted to shoot, you know, on the streets of Paris, like, mm. you know, virtually on the streets of Paris or virtually on the streets of New York, is there a library that of, of material 3D assets that I would be able to maybe choose from or lease? Is there a kind of model like that? There are more and more companies who are looking into this business model. So um, there are still production companies who are shooting themselves. Um, and this is also one important thing. Um, it's the quality of the backdrops. This needs to be really good, high resolution, because in, at, uh, in Paris in the studio, we're talking about almost 11K uh, resolution. So you need a backdrop which is fitting this resolution and this quality. So and um, this means that for us, being also a camera manufacturer, we can also shoot with our cameras in order to deliver this quality also from the color point of view. Um, but no, there, there are more and more companies establishing and having this business model in mind to, um, from the UK, in the North, it's also I think in Paris, who are saying, okay, we see the demand of plates coming and then they drive through the cities, capturing the, the streets and then you can lease or purchase from them. Um, there are other companies who are looking on creating Unreal content for virtual production and also um, Sony PCL, which is a, a sister company of Sony in Japan. They are also opening right now a library of backdrops which you can purchase from them in order to use um, yeah, for, for your production. It's, it's a nice business model and we can see it more and more. Yeah. But again, also here, as I said, quality is king because otherwise you would see it in the final image and then if it's not good enough, you have the issue in the post-production afterwards again. That's a really good point. And speaking of quality, yeah. do you have any examples of high quality virtual production that you've seen that you can share? Um, as I said, so, so for Novel, for um, the Paris studio, for example, so they just opened, so they have shot some commercials. And I think right now there is a TV series, which is unfortunately all under ADA. Hmm. Um, but everyone, I think, knows Mandalorian for sure, because this was the starting point. Um, the Dune uh, was another one. 
And then um, there are more and more movies coming also this year who have not shot entirely in, in camera using LED screens and in camera VFX, but parts of this. And as said, this does not mean that the full movie is shot in a studio in an LED volume, but um, there are certain scenes which makes total sense to do and in order to um, yeah, use for increased efficiency. So um, will be interesting um, to see the movies coming up. The Sun, Pinocchio, for example, are some of them which are using also virtual production. So it's interesting because virtual production is using a gaming engine to produce the content and kind of wondering if how that plays into the metaverse because gaming engines are also used to develop 3D immersive social persistent gaming environments or social environments. Um, is things shot in virtual production going to be able to be then put back into metaverse gaming environments? What do you think that relationship is going to look like? This is this is this is the more volumetric capturing, mm -hmm. which is yeah, part of virtual production. So in our case, um, in camera VFX, it's, it's not so linked. But this is also one thing which is taking place not in the not only in the metaverse but in camera VFX productions already. So we have um, customers who said, "Okay, I have my scene um, in the stage or on the stage afterwards. I have this stone, so the real stone. But I would also like to have this stone in different sizes and forms, also in the." In the virtual world so they are doing a volumetric capturing of the stone and then bringing this into the virtual world so it's happening also there in terms of metaverse um we, we need to see yeah cool i'll take that <laughs> so zooming out for a minute i want to look at the the bigger picture of the industry where it's all going the technology if you had to say what your biggest fear for the future of this technology and industry is and then also, what would your biggest hope be? So, so the so the biggest fear is that, of course, people are not taking so much care about the different items and just say, okay, because of the let's call it buzzword right now, um, virtual production. Okay, I can do this. It's easy, and um, then just making mistakes because they don't put so much attention on again on the pre-production which is pretty really essential um, and then um, that they are trapped and at the end they don't see the benefit anymore moving away um, so this is perhaps my biggest fear but again here with the university and still the people are so encouraged to learn more and uh, really increase their knowledge and we can see training courses also from production and studios offering to really train and to try to um, not let people be trapped. Um, this is then also my biggest hope. So that at the end, also the, the people are looking more into, making more studies, are um, talking to all the experts who have already have a lot of um, experience during the last one and a half, two years, or even earlier, as I said, because using a projector was also virtual production or in-camera VFX. So Oblivion, a couple of years old, is also in camera VFX and um, then of course also looking into um, that how they can benefit even if it's just a scene or in a smaller scenario so this is really my the, the hope to say okay we can get people understanding the benefits not only looking on the bigger 
student on the really, really large stages, but also bring it down into the smaller stages um, to utilize the, the, the benefits of in-camera VFX. And of course, the hope that a lot of next generation um, yeah, DOPs, Unreal artists are in this and get a good education at the university in order to bring this topic forward. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And finally, if um, listeners want to get in touch or get involved or come to the studio, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, standard ways, the webpage, so Pro Sony, and then we have a virtual production um, subpage. And in this virtual production subpage, we are discussing all the different topics. So the LED screen, the cameras and color consistency, one important thing because otherwise, again, post-production is getting messy. Um, and social, LinkedIn, Sony Cine Alta on Instagram. So there are all the different ways to get in touch with Sony Europe or Sony Cine Alta because it's a Cine domain. Um, yeah, Twitter as well, Sony Cine Alta. So there are many ways to get in touch. Webpage, Insta, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Cool. Yes. <laughs> and, my, and my final question, what does yes. the rest of ISE look like for you? In one word, busy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 uh, it will be really busy. So we, we are second day at ISE, so um, two and a half days more to go. Um, and as I said, the, the interest of, of our little booth uh, is so huge. Um, and I don't think I have the chance to look around to see what else is going on at ISE. But I'm more than happy to welcome everyone on the booth in order to show it and to show and discuss with him the benefits. And as I said, with the, with the combo camera and LED screen and the possibilities, it's just amazing. And um, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. No, it's definitely worth seeing and checking out. And, um, and also that pace yourself, I think, is probably the best advice when it comes to ISE. Well, thank you so much, Seb. It's thank been a you. pleasure to speak to you and lovely to do this thank here in so person. And thank you all so much for listening and watching wherever you are. Uh, do stay tuned for next month. I think I have a very special guest in store for you. So take care. Oh, no.